Now, it's time to put it all on the table through mediation. Your host, Teresa E. Keeves, is a professional mediator, here to educate, inform, enlighten, and inspire everyone about the great benefits in the process of professional mediation to resolve conflicts, disagreements, and disputes relating to business or personal matters. Now, here's your host, Teresa E. Keeves. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. It is a chilly day here in Arizona, and I hope that your morning is getting off to a great start. And, you know, just one week from now, one week from today is Christmas. Can you believe that we are almost at the end of another year? Wow, is all I can say. Um, listen, thank you for coming and um, thank you for joining me rather in my program. Put it all on the table through mediation. Um, this is Teresa E. Keeves, your host, who I totally enjoy um, hosting this show. You know, I want to say to you that this is my sixth show here with TalkZone.com. And I, all I'm, I'm going to say this right now. Yay! And I am excited as though it is my very first show. I so uh, enjoy talking with you about mediation and all of the great benefits that are contained within this great process, as well as different cases that I heard and or are in the news. Okay. I want you to know that I will not be broadcasting after today for the next two weeks. I will be off the air because TalkZone.com does not air any shows on the holidays. So like this year, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year all happen to fall on a Thursday, the day my show airs. Oh, well, it's fine, as this gives me time to line up upcoming shows, hot topics, and great guest speakers for you, my listeners out there. Okay, let's just touch on this for a brief moment, and I do mean a brief moment, and then we're going to move on, okay? I'm still not done with my Christmas shopping, okay? I will say that I did not get out there. I will say that I did not get out there like I wanted to, but I did go out a couple of days ago, you guys, and I did, you know, I did put a dent in it, but I guess I'm longing for that Christmas Eve rush. That's all I can say. Okay, that's it. All right. Now, I, I want to discuss something with you briefly here before um, I bring my guest on. For all of you who live here in Arizona and for those of you who do not live here in Arizona, my question to you is, are you familiar with the Jody Arias case here in Arizona? Oh, my God, is what I'm saying about this case. Look, it has been going on an extremely long time. In case you are not familiar with her trial, she is the lady who allegedly killed her boyfriend, Travis Alexander. He was a motivational speaker who was found slain in his bathroom of his Mesa, Arizona home in June of 2008. Friends and family were shocked because they said that this was he was so undeserving of this. He was a, a person who had, you know, he was a humanitarian. He helped people. And some reports are labeling labeling it a killer romance. Well, reports from Wild About Trial and AZ Central states that the prosecution is seeking the death penalty for this lady in the murder case against um, against Arias, arguing that she was a jealous woman who brutally murdered a successful man who was trying to break ties with her. The defense attorneys have argued that Alexander 
was abusive and that she killed him in self-defense. And she, Arias, was convicted May 8th of first-degree murder by a jury of eight men and four women of first-degree murder. This was this happened on May 8th of last year, 2013. However, the same jury was not able to reach an unanimous decision in whether the scorned lover turned killer should be put to death or receive life in prison. I'm, ladies and gentlemen, really, this has been going on for since 2008. And this is just one of the things that, um, you know, that I'm saying that, uh, that some trials, it takes a long time before it actually, you know, uh, gets to court and, and, uh, they're, they're able to deal with it. But, um, you know, it's just that this matter just goes on and on and on and, and so does the taxpayers' money. It goes on and on and on. And I did recently hear some accounts of how much the taxpayers have paid for this trial. This was earlier this year, and it was over $12 million. Wow. Okay. We know how important collaboration is in the process of mediators, all of us, um, all of my peers out there. As when we get the parties to work together, Pertaining to their differences, this is a good sign that an agreement is forthcoming. And I'm sure that all my peers out there know this. As some might say, you get the lid against the sea, start seeing eye to eye. They start having aha moments and shaking their heads uh, up and down rather than shaking them no across. I like the definition of collaboration that was given by Freebase. It states in part the following. Collaboration is working with each other to do a task. It is a recursive process where two or more people or organizations work together to realize shared goals. For example, an endeavor that is creative in nature by sharing knowledge, learning, and building consistency. So I say this is a good explanation of collaboration, particularly as it relates to the mediation process, because I say this because it is important that the disputants realize that they both played some part in it, be it little or small, is the reason that we are now here at the mediation process. And um, this will also help them to realize that th- that a resolution needs to come forward And I just think that, you know, once we get to the collaboration, that it is a very good thing. And also, I would like to say that collaboration produces results that are positive as all issues that are on the table are discussed in order of importance to the litigants and or disputants involved in in a dispute. So when you get everything out there on the table and you start talking, okay, what is the most, what is the most important to you? Okay, this is most important to me, Mrs. Keeves, and then this, and then both sides say the same thing, and we start collaborating. I just love it. Okay, I would like for you to know that should you have any questions or comments, or if there are topics you would like to hear discussed on my show, please call in at 1-888-463-6748. Or you can email me at Teresa at mediationtalkshow.expert. And you know what? 
as I was listening to my recording last week, uh, one time I, I did say that my email was dot com, but it's not. It's dot expert. Okay. All right. Let's bring on my guest, Reginald Cedric Campbell. He was on my show last week as we were discussing biases. Ah, that was a good show. And how do you check them at the door prior to uh, going into mediation? As I said, it was a very good discussion. And if you were unable to hear it, I invite you to listen to it on TalkZone.com as all of my shows are, are, are archived. As of last week, I was grateful and excited to have my guests join me. And I am excited again. Let me just go over his credentials again, okay? He has a BA in Mass Communications and Liberal Arts. He is certified in health, in the mental health profession. He is also certified in child welfare caseworker. He is certified in trauma therapy. He is certified BSM-4 Diagnostic Statistical Manual. He has over 10 years of experience in dealing with the beginning, the middle, and ending stages of HIV and AIDS. He has 20 years as a psychological caseworker, 20 years as a juvenile court um, experience, and he has 20 years in client substance abuse issues. He is a member of the American Council Association and the Psychological Association. In May of 2015, he will have completed his master's in clinical mental health counseling. As I said this last week, and I'm going to say it again, you go with yourself. And the last thing is that he is actually my brother. Good morning, Reginald. How are you today? I'm doing good and uh, just happy and delighted to be back with you again. Great, great, great. Love it, love it, love it. So how is your morning going so far? I know it's a little chilly there in Illinois. Yeah, uh, about 25 degrees, um, but it's nice and clear. And, um, uh, you know, it's a pretty good day. I was thinking, um, I heard you say it's a week uh, for to Christmas, and I was, like, ah, it's actually a week until Christmas. So it just shows how fast uh, time is going and, you know, maybe we need to slow down and just kind of enjoy the ride. And, exactly. And here comes to an end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, as Barbara Walters put it, you know, take a little time to enjoy the view, I like to say. You know, and, and also that time, I, you know, I often put this question, um, uh, to people when we're in discussions, um, and, um, we're, we're talking about things that are relate in relation to this question. And I ask them, what is the most important and the most precious thing that we have? And it is time because time is something you can never, ever, ever get back. Never get back. Right. Okay. Now. Right. All right. Okay, brother. Now, you know, last week, we ran out of time mm-hmm. as a discussion, as we were discussing, right. you know, about about biases. And it was it was a great discussion. And, yes, you was. know, we talked. Yeah. And we talked about how, you know, you checked them at the door. And before we left, we ran out of time. And I would like for you to make your comments or statements for me and my listeners, um, because we ran out of time and you wanted to say one more thing. And I and I had to go. So what what is it that um, I would like for you to say it? for me and my listeners this morning? You know, actually, I forgot what it was that I wanted to, <laughs> I forgot what it was that I wanted to talk about. 
but it was very important. But uh, yeah, it was very important at the time. Yeah, yeah, but you know, I can't remember what it was that that last point that I wanted to make. So. Oh, that's, you know, that's, that's fine. That's no problem. I just wanted to make sure that I extended myself to you because, you know, we ran out of time and, and I wanted yeah. you to, to know that, you know, here you, now you have the platform to get that out, but maybe you'll think about it as the show goes on. And if you think about okay. it, then, you know, we can, we could talk about it then. Okay. All right. Sounds so, good. okay. So, you know, Reginald, the process of mediation is not an easy task as there are many things that must be implemented for acquiring an amicable resolution. And one of those things uh, to be implemented is collaboration. Now, mm-hmm. getting getting them, the disputants, and or in your case, like your clients, to this point can sometimes be taxing on us, to say the least. Um, although you are not a mediator, however, our profession does have some similarities. When you are dealing with your clients... And you are wanting and you are wanting them to collaborate on whatever issue or issues they are now facing. What are some of the things that you do to get them to to start formulating this collaboration? You know, as as we were as I was thinking about this topic, um, I was thinking about what we talked about last week and how actually biases can stop us from collaborating. If we have a bias mm-hmm. on a certain thing or a certain person, that can stop us from collaborating uh, with that person mm-hmm. and that organization and, and, and that client. And um, before I make my point, just, just, just let me make a couple points. How, how collaboration sure. is so important to organizations and people individually and how from the beginning of time that man has, collaborated with each other. So let me give you an example. Mm-hmm. So when the settlers okay. came to America, um, the, the Native Americans, they traded. You know, that was a form of collaboration. They showed them how to, um, the Natives showed them how to plant corn, how to raise different crops, you know, showed them how to do certain things. So that was a way of, of, of collaborating. Uh, when Marco mm-hmm. Polo went to China, um, he brought spaghetti from China to Italy. So spaghetti is actually mm-hmm. Chinese and not, and not Italian. So mm-hmm. they, you know, trade. Trade is a form of, of collaboration. When I was a Absolutely. kid, and, you know, I used to buy, um, you know, the 45 RPM records. Maybe some of the younger people out there don't know what 45 RPM records are. They were these little records and they went 45. RPMs on the record player. There were these little records, individual songs. And so I was always fascinated with the little writing on the label. So here's a collaboration that I learned as a kid with record companies. You know what? Let's, let's take a break right here. And now we'll come back okay. so you can finish your, you can finish your, your discussion. Thanks very much. Please return with us.
Do you know that bullying in the workplace and in our schools, whether it's grammar schools or high schools, is becoming more and more prevalent? This includes the rise of verbal abuse and physical abuse to our senior citizens. As a matter of fact, bullying is on the cusp of becoming a dominant occurrence in today's society. For example, CareerBuilder.com survey of 2012 noted that about 50% of all workplace bullying goes unreported, and NBC News reported that the bullying statistics for seniors in the year 2013 is on the rise in America. And the statistics for bullying-related incidences in our schools, well, unfortunately, it is on the rise. And if you find yourself being bullied in school or in the workplace and you need someone to find resolve for your differences with professionalism, fairness, impartiality, and giving a platform to be heard, give me a call, professional mediator Teresa E. Keeves at 480-283-7270 or email me at Teresa at mediationtalkshow.expert. Now it's time to put it all on the table through mediation. Here's your host, Teresa E. Keeves. Okay, guys out there, um, I think I'm having um, some some kind of issue um, with the with the um, uh, connection on my end. But Reginald, please uh, continue in what it is you were saying. You know, backtrack a bit if you would like. Okay, great. Yeah, uh, what what I was going to talk about, well, what I was talking about was just how people at the beginning, since the beginning of time, have um, collaborated with each other. And I just spoke a little about how uh, when the settlers came over and, and traded with the natives and how uh, Marco Polo went over to China and, and brought the spaghetti back to, to Italy. So that was a you know trade uh, with, with uh, years ago was a form of collaboration. And um, one form of collaboration that I learned uh, as a kid, as a 9, 10, 11-year-old kid, uh, when I would buy my 45 records and I would read the little writing on the record of, of who wrote the record, what the company was. And if it was a local record company, you know, back in the day, Chicago had a lot of local record companies. And so yeah. the record, that record would be just played in the Chicago Gary area. And so if a larger record company, say like ABC uh, Records or Motown Records, uh, if one of the executives saw and uh, heard that music, heard that group, heard that song, they would actually make a deal with the local record company to pick up the cost of the distribution nationwide of that record, of that song. So now... Mm -hmm. um, with this collaboration, the small company doesn't have the money or the ability to to distribute and 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 press the record or the record pressing uh, plants that they used to have to, and and the distribution throughout the country. So now the bigger company would pick up that cost, and the bigger company would get a slice of of the pie, and the bigger company now has you know a part of of that record. So that's a uh -huh. form of, of collaboration that I learned about uh, at an early age. With clients, with clients that I work with, um, collaboration is very important. So say you have a ward of the state. So you have DCFS, Department of Children and Family Services. You have the court system. You have the social worker. You have the therapist. And you have a family, and the, mm -hmm. and the goal is to collaborate with all of those entities to collaborate for the betterment 
of that client. And every six months, you have a court meeting uh, to see what the progress of the client is. Every six months, you have a meeting um, with all of these entities to see what is the progress of this client. And so by Mm -hmm. collaborating, all of these parties collaborating, everyone has a stake in the betterment and the success of that client. Everybody does their part. The court system would do their part. The caseworker does his or her part. The therapist does his or her part. Family individuals would do their part. So mm-hmm. collaboration is a very important issue in social welfare. Exactly. And I loved your example that you gave with the uh, with the record companies and how everyone collaborates. And it's very important because without collaboration um, among um, individuals, us, then we are basically stalemate. We aren't going anywhere. Can we say Congress? <laughs> OK, you know, when we are collaborating with any can we are not collaborating with one another. Nothing is getting done. We are we are stalemate. We are stagnant in our growth. So we're not going anywhere. We're sitting here spinning our wheels and haven't gone to to do anything better, to acquire anything better, you know, to change our thought pattern, you know, to raise our awareness. None of this is happening because without collaboration, as you said, you know, it 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 is it, it's a wonderful thing to be able to do that. And I also want to comment on what you said that collaboration does work um um alongside with biases because if you have a bias and I've seen it in my mediations many times in my mediations and or when I'm on the bench. If someone, mm-hmm. you know, just, just typically come in here with, with their ingrained biases, they do not want to move. They don't they do not want to 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 bend. They don't want to have an open mind or anything for anything different. Is it this is what I've been thinking all the time and and that's it. And and as I said, we know where that's gotten us, right? Nowhere. That's right. Okay. That's, that's right. Now, an example, an example you use with with Congress is a perfect example. And 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 again, I want to talk about biases. It's amazing how uh, the subject of last week uh, kind of filters over in in today's subject because uh-huh. again, like you were saying, um, uh, Congress has their biases against this person, against this guy. So I'm just going to take my ball and go home when that was the purpose of Congress of to collaborate with the president. It was mm-hmm. that's their job to collaborate, to get things done for people. And when you mm-hmm. don't collaborate, this is what you get. Nothing. Exactly. And then, you know, and then they also, since we're talking about Congress, they also were voted in to collaborate on what their constituents wanted. They're supposed to go in there because their constituents can be 5 million people. Well, you know, you can't have 5 million people at a time. Just think of all of these representatives going in there with all of their voices talking. So Mm -hmm. he or she is supposed to be a collective and fuse all of these things together, and which is a part of collaboration fuse all of these things together and so that the voice can be heard from one person. But, you know, as you said, you know, when you have this uncollaborative method, then we don't get anywhere and um, you're disagreeing with the president. And so then therefore your constituents aren't getting what 
their, you know, their needs are as they're the ones who voted you in. Okay. But you know, we'll, we'll talk, we'll, we'll talk about that, you know, because I have, um, next year I have, um, um, a topic coming up about about congress and the use of mediation in that in that process so we'll we'll talk about that um okay now my next question to you is that one of my favorite books about mediation is mediating dangerously the frontiers of conflict resolution is the title of this book and it was written by kenneth cloak and and as i was reading this book you know um as i was thinking about Today's program a couple of days ago, and I was thinking about Kenneth Cloak, and I pulled my book. It is something new that could result in an improved relationship. It allows creative solutions to be found. It represents a tangible sharing of burdens and equality of labor and a respect acknowledgement and a respectful acknowledgement of partnership that cannot be found in compromise. Do you agree with this statement? You know, if if you can repeat that again, because unfortunately I didn't get everything. Um, we were having some more technical difficulties. So, so okay, sure. Okay, okay. Give me give me a moment. I'm going to say it again. Okay, okay. by um, by uh, collaborating, a social bond is forged that did not exist before. It is something mm-hmm. new that could result in an improved relationship. It allows creative solutions to be found. It represents a tangible sharing of burdens and equality of labor and a respectful acknowledgement of partnership that cannot be found in compromise. And I was asking you, do you agree with this statement? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, because mm-hmm. by, by, by compromising, um, as I said before, every everyone has their part, and I'll use again the example of a ward of the state um, through the court system. Everyone has their part to do. Everyone is expected to do their part. Um, you you people find that they have these extra stress that they didn't even know that they had by by collaborating. You get so much more done by collaborating. You you know, that old statement of two heads are better than one, and, and that's just really true. When you collaborate, you have all these people with these different experiences, these different uh, goals, or these different education, again, life experiences. So you're bringing all of that to the table, and you have so much that, that you can work mm-hmm. with because everybody's bringing something to the table. So collaboration, in my opinion, is very important. And actually, we do it every day from the small to the large. And that's how we get things done, by collaborating. Exactly, exactly. And it is so it is so important, you know, collaboration. And, and a lot of times when we talk about collaboration, you know, people want to, um, they, they want to confuse that with compromise that you know and that's that's right. two different things although compromise and collaboration you know can kind of you know work there to, together but but um mm-hmm. the, uh, what what Kenneth Close says about compromise is that it is a settlement of differences by mutual adjustment 
or some type of modification of opposing of opposing claims. So it said, you know, when you compromise, it's more of a laid back. Okay, fine, I'll fine, I'll fine. Okay, well, I'll do that, you know. But but you still aren't settled. You still aren't you still aren't happy with what it is that you have that you have um you know that's being talked about you know and um right and and so yeah would so you you understand what I'm saying you know sure absolutely when you when you and, compromise and, you know, like, yeah be- mm-hmm. it's, it's like when someone uh, say you have a project um uh, you're a college student and there's a project there's there's four of you guys okay so everyone has their piece okay so. Sally is going to do the graph. Uh, Tom is going to do the printing. Um, Jane is going to do um, the research, and Bob is going to do that. So you have these four people that everyone is going to do their part. And usually people will pick the things to do um, that they have strength. I know when I was doing a project in, in undergrad years ago, uh, one of the uh, ladies always, she, she used to like to type because she was so good at that and she was really good at putting everything together. So it's like, okay, great. So she's good at that. Then somebody else does mm-hmm. their part. And then, so what, and then you mm-hmm. put this wonderful thing together. You know, it's like, it's like building the building. You have the plasterer, you have the sheet metal workers, you have the plumber. Everyone brings their expertise and the result is a perfect new building. That's how I see collaboration. Exactly. Well put. And this is a good time that we're going to take a break right now. And we will be returning with my guest, Reginald Cedric Campbell. And we are talking about collaboration. Stay tuned. Do you have disagreements with your landlord regarding your home or apartment that you are renting? Or have you fallen behind in your HOA payments and you cannot reason with the HOA Association for resolution of your issues? I can assist you. My name is Teresa E. Keys. I am an independent professional mediator. Give me a call at 480-283-7270. You do not have to litigate your disagreements. They can be professionally mediated. The process of professional mediation is an effective, efficient, timely, and less costly method for resolving your disputes. Give me a call today at 480-283-7270. And you can also email me at Teresa at mediationtalkshow.expert. You're listening to Put It All on the Table Through Mediation with Teresa E. Keeves. Hello and welcome back to my program. We are, um, uh, I am discussing collaboration in the process of professional mediation and how to develop that. And I'm discussing that with my guest, uh, Reginald Campbell. And, um, and you know, b- before we left, you, uh, you, you were saying something that was great about, uh, collaboration and you were gave some great examples about, um, uh, you know, how people collaborate. And the importance of it. Now, having said that, one other question came to my mind is that collaboration, collaboration somewhat goes hand in hand with having an open mind. As you and I had talked about earlier that 
if you come in and you're, you, you know, you're stalemate, you know, like you were given an example of employees, uh, this person does better, um, for resolving issues on the internet. This person does better for the, the software. This person does better with setting up the, you know, the, the room for the meeting and things like that. Now, the, the question I want to ask you is that in that same scenario, when you have someone who is not on the collaboration train, how do you deal with that? Right. right. You know, that can be difficult because um, I was just thinking of an example of a case that I had a few years ago where um, people didn't want to collaborate, and and we had a big issue because the, the person who suffered was the client. You know, mm-hmm. they didn't want this. these two people who didn't want to collaborate and wanted to do what they weren't supposed to do, which wasn't their strength and it wasn't their job. They wanted to kind of bleed over into that. And and, and it was a mess. The, the collaboration mm-hmm. can be a wonderful thing. But then oh, yeah. when people refuse to collaborate, you get so much chaos. And most of all, nothing gets done. Nothing gets done. Exactly. It's the client that suffers. It's the client who suffers. And so in this particular case, um, we had two people who didn't want to uh, cooperate. They didn't want to just do their part. And and it was really, it was pretty bad. It was pretty bad. And Mm -hmm. the person who suffered was the client. Because this person, you know, again, we talked about last week, checking your ego at, at the door. And, and it's mm-hmm. amazing how biases just keep popping up in, in today's in, in today's conversation and leaving your ego at the door. Well, these two people didn't want to do that. They didn't do that. They mm-hmm. wanted to do not only their part but everyone else's part. No, you need to stay in your lane because the whole purpose is for the betterment of the client. It's not for you to showboat. It's not for you to... Try and tell everybody what to do, how to do it. It's for everyone mm-hmm. to come together for a common goal. Exactly. And then, but you know what? Isn't it amazing how simplistic what you just said is, at least to me and you and others out, out there. But isn't it something right. that a lot of people just will, they, they don't see that? Well, uh, you know, I, I, how is that a common goal? I, I discussed this, um, um, in uh, my show, taking the commotion out of emotion and things that where some people are, you know, you know, they, they're small minded with, you know, that's the only way that I can put it. And, um, right. they, they, you know, feel that, oh, well, this person, if I agree to that, then that's more than, 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 than he got, he's getting more than me and vice versa. And I attribute it to right. a childlike behavior. And I gave an example. Um, of that, when the mother is serving, the kids want a, want, um, a snack and the mother is serving, um, the snack and then one kid goes, Oh, you, I got more, you got more cookies, oatmeal cookies or whatever it was that I said. And uh-huh. the mother, you know, has to deal with that, you know, but the, but those once right. again are children. And the hope is, is that they right. grow, grow up and out of that, you know, in the positive, um, mode of knowing how to better deal with with those types of situations you know so yeah Mm -hmm. 
Okay. And, now, and, here, and we can't go ahead. Look, I'm sorry. Just quick. Well, and we can't look at any successful organization that does not collaborate well. Any successful exactly. organization collaborates well. And, you know, having been in, um, you know, the arena of organizations for, you know, 30 years before going on to, to um, being a professional mediator, I had seen that so often, you know, in my management duties and, and so forth in large co- uh, corporations that I will not name. But it's the same thing. You have a lot of ego, a lot, a lot of ego. And a lot of that ego attributed to me working long, long hours because it was very difficult to get individuals to realize that their egos were stopping the organization from doing what, you know, it needed to do. And, um, you know, in, yeah. So it, you know, it's, it's, it's that kind of thing. And there is absolutely no need for, for all of that. You agree with that? Oh, I, I, I truly agree with that because then if people would know what the common goal is, this is our common goal. And, and, and this is what we need to do. We're working for this goal. We want the client to do this. We want, we want to achieve this. Um, just, just thinking of, uh, say a car company. Okay. The car company doesn't make all of the parts for the car. So they get the part. They, they get the glass from uh, a company in Chicago. They get the tires from Goodyear. They get the, the, the upholstery from, from somewhere else. They, you know, mm-hmm. so, so they have all of these parts. So General Motors, via Chrysler, whoever, they collaborate with other entities to build mm-hmm. a car. So they don't make mm-hmm. the tires. They don't make the glass. They don't, you know, so again, you know, it's like the example I said with, with the building. So they collaborate with all these companies to make this product, to make this car. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it benefits everyone. And the benefit is to make the best car. So exactly. see that car and think, you know what, I like it. It's good looking. It fits my need. It fits my budget. And I'm going to get that. And everybody wins. When the product is good, everybody wins. When the mm-hmm. client, there's a, there's a, um, the client is successful, then everybody wins. The case manager wins. The judge wins. The the family member wins, and most of all, the client wins. Exactly, exactly. And that's what I mean um, when I talk about a win-win um, a res- you know, resolution. Because in, in my practice, um, you know, getting collaboration uh, works along with biases and, and commotion. So when I see all of that coming, I, I use the term that I learned from Mama Eleanor is that when you see crazy coming, you cross the street. And so I stop yeah. immediately and have a caucus. That's that's one of the beautiful things about having caucus is that, you know, you can you can stop the mediation. You can have a private, separate conversation with the individuals, the, the, the disputants and talk to them about certain things and, and vice versa. So, it, you know, so that the, the whole thing, the whole common goal, as you said, the whole goal is to have commonality and therefore have a, an amicable resolution, you know, because it, it does. It's, it's a win-win situation for the one who brought the dispute. It's a win-win situation for the one who, you know, is now engaged with the dispute, you know. And, right. and the hopes is, is that through all of this, 
you know, the, the, the processes that, you know, we go through, um, as peer, as, as our mediators and all my peers out there know what I'm talking about. And as you go through with all what you're talking about and all of your peers and your, your, um, uh, profession, you know, then this person, that's one thing checked off of your life bucket. People always talking about buckets. Right. One thing that's just checked right. off in your life bucket that you have resolved. And I just think that that is such a, a beautiful thing, a worthwhile thing of, as a bucket versus, you know, I don't have anything against people. One of their life buckets is to jump out of a perfectly good airplane or, or, um, you know, uh, going across the Serengeti's or something. But I also think it's very important that, um, you know, in our life that we resolve our issues as well. Now, my last question to you is the author, Kenneth Cloak, says that compromising produces results that are vague, lukewarm, intermediate, mediocre, average, and ordinary. And then he goes on to say that collaboration produces results that are unexpected, synergistic, transformational, unique, creative, and amazing. Now, when I, when I read this, I was like, wow, I really love that. You know, so when I'm reading, I highlight and underline and, you know, I'm writing all in my books. I just love books. So, so anyway, when, when I read this about, uh, compromise and that's what I, you know, alluded to earlier, um, in my talk is that it is lukewarm because it, it, it gets the reaction. Okay. Fine. I'll compromise. Sure. Fine. But you're not happy with this at all because seemingly you didn't really get out what you wanted to get out and get and or get what it is that you wanted to get so that you could move on. But in a collaboration, you know, as, as you're talking and, 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 uh, the, the, uh, uh, individuals involved in the dispute are talking, this also mm-hmm. produces learned situations as well. And, and as I said, having an up and down head shaking versus the across Shit, head shaking of no, you know, and that the results are unexpected. You you never know what the other party will say. Oh, oh wow, uh, Mr. Campbell. Yeah, you know, I I agree with that, and yeah, that that's something that I could do. Now, you you never, you probably would never think that you would say that, let alone the person sitting across from you would would say that, right. you know. And I feel right. that it's trans, it's, it's transforming because you've learned something. You, you're, you're acquiring something. You are doing something mm-hmm. of a positive, uh, uh, nature. I, I'd like to hear your talk on that. Yeah. Well, you know, I totally, I totally agree. Um, because the main purpose of collaboration is for everyone to walk out satisfied. Um, mm-hmm. When you compromise, you're you're right. Like okay, I'll okay, fine. I don't really want this, but I'll take it. I want thirty five percent, but okay, I'll take twenty percent uh, because that's the best I can get. That's a, no with with a compromise. I'm, I'm sorry, with a collaboration, everyone does their part. Everyone works for for the common goal for the client for what they want. So. So collaboration is much more important than compromise. Um, the president normalized relations with uh, the country of Cuba yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, now, as I, as, as I was thinking about that today, 
I know a lot of people are not happy about it, but this is something that um, this embargo has been going on for 53 years. And what has transpired positively? Nothing. Mm -hmm. So by Mm -hmm. collaborating, by renewing, I'm sorry, renewing diplomatic relations, okay, now there's going to be collaboration because there will be an embassy open in the United States. There will be an embassy open in Cuba. Now people are talking. Now there will be things, okay, you know, let's sit at, now there will be people mm-hmm. sitting at the table talking mm-hmm. about what can we do? How can we do this? Okay, again, collaboration. But mm-hmm. when you have people who don't want to collaborate, no, I just wanted to stay the same, stay the status quo. Well, the status quo has been for 53 years and nothing has happened. It's not working. Cases, That's right. In some of my cases, nothing has happened. Well, okay, this Mm -hmm. client has been in the system for five years. Okay, what has happened? Nothing has happened. So we need to collaborate and have each person do their part. You know, it's like slicing up a pie. And this is Mm -hmm. the goal. This is the main goal. And then this is your responsibility. This is his Mm -hmm. responsibility. This is his responsibility. And everyone has an individual responsibility and a goal, and then we have a main goal. Exactly. And that's Absolutely. The beautiful thing about collaboration versus exactly. Mm-hmm. Because you know, I want to say this, and then we're going to go to break. That collaboration can sometimes produce where the people who are involved in a dispute, as you are, you know, wanting to come to a resolution. Everybody is not going to be happy with some right. or all of the results of what has co- transpired out of this meeting. However, the big thing about it is that it is best for everyone. And, and you know, nine times out of ten, Reginald, and I'm sure you could attest to this, is that mm-hmm. when, you know, we come to an agreement and it's like, okay, I really don't agree with that. And then here comes the but. But I know it's yeah. best for everybody that's involved. Okay, well, boom. Right. <laughs> you know, this right. is this is a good right. thing. Okay, so, uh, stay tuned, everyone. We will come right back with our guest, Reginald Campbell. Uh, we're gonna be uh, we're gonna uh, end our talk talking about collaboration. Do you know that bullying in the workplace and in our schools, whether it's grammar schools or high schools, is becoming more and more prevalent? This includes the rise of verbal abuse and physical abuse to our senior citizens. As a matter of fact, bullying is on the cusp of becoming a dominant occurrence in today's society. For example, CareerBuilder.com survey of 2012 noted that about 50% of all workplace bullying goes unreported, and NBC News reported that the bullying statistics for seniors in the year 2013 is on the rise in America. And the statistics for bullying-related incidences in our schools, well, unfortunately, it is on the rise. And if you find yourself being bullied in school or in the workplace and you need someone to find resolve for your differences with professionalism, fairness, impartiality, and given a platform to be heard, give me a call, professional mediator Teresa E. Keeves at 480-283-7270 or email me at Teresa at mediationtalkshow.expert. Welcome back to Put It All on the Table Through Mediation. Here again, Teresa E. Keeves. 
thank you for returning. I certainly appreciate my brother, and this is my unbiased atten- uh, my unbiased comment that um, I have such great um, conversations with him. We both um, um, have, you know, were were raised in a in a home where our father was um, very astute in um, talking about some of the same subjects that we are discussing right now, and uh, we just love, we just grew up loving these discussions and. And now, Lord and behold, we made some of these discussions our profession, you know, as I as I look back at it now. And uh, so, Reginald, I really thank you once again for taking your time and and um, uh, for for coming on to my show and um, uh, discussing this this important matter with me about collaborating, because I think that uh, when people understand the process that, you know, the varying process is in mediation. Mediation is not. Um, an easy process. Some people think, oh, just go in there and and, and talk blah, blah. No, it's not an, an easy process once they come into the mediation, um, you know, circle there and 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 uh, wanting to gain an amicable resolution. And I think that we have hit on quite a bit of of um, uh, points that our you know that our listeners out there can um, you know bring forth and maybe put on the table as they they themselves are diffusing issues with with clients and family members and and so forth so i want to remind everyone i'm sorry go ahead brother talk so uh, you know i just want to say that um i have seen the positiveness of mediating and it is just it's it's just wonderful it's wonderful Mm -hmm. to, to see someone come in a party come in and there's a dispute and then everyone leaves with a after an amicable goal. I, I can't say it. I can't say the word you say it so well. Everyone <laughs> leaves satisfied. <laughs> amicable. amicable. Yeah, it, it yeah, it, it took it took me a little bit of practice too. <laughs> it's a little bit of the rolling of the tongue, I think, amicable resolution, you know. You know, because we were always we always were told by our mother to be sure you pronounced your your consonants and your vowels. Right. Never will forget that. Yeah. So I, I want to take this opportunity, Reginald, to thank you once again. And I want to tell all of my listeners out there, should any of you want to contact our Reginald, you can doubt you can contact him at four eight zero three zero nine seven three seven four. I'll repeat that again. The phone number is four eight zero three zero nine seven three seven four. Or you can email him at Reginald Campbell fifty three at yahoo.com. Thank you so much, Reginald. Okay. And I want you to. And the time goes by so fast. I have so much fun. It does. I know. We'll have to do it again. Absolutely. Well, you know, you're on my list. Yeah, you know, you're on my list for recurring um, uh, guests. So uh, just just know that. And you I'm going to have a a panel discussion this upcoming year. So I'm really excited about all of the things um, that I'm going to be bringing um, here to my show here on TalkZone.com. And you definitely um, are included. Just know that. Fantastic. I look forward to it. And again, thanks. Okay. Thank you very much. You have a great day. Okay. Okay. I talk to you. Okay. Uh huh. Bye bye. I so appreciated having this discussion um, uh, with my brother here on TalkZone.com about collaboration and last week about biases. And um, I did say that at the end of the show that I was going to go through um, 
uh, you know, uh, you know, just pick up a few points from each of my preceding shows. Um, and, and, you know, just to give you a little bit of a, you know, um, you know, just a little bit of a reminder of what we talked about because we talked about a lot of great things. But I want to say that, um, uh, about collaboration, um, that it, collaboration is very essential in order to formulate an amicable agreement between parties that are having a dispute, a disagreement or some type of conflict in their lives. I also want to say that it is important for individuals to know that during the mediation process, having an open mind is so key for helping to understand what one, what each other is saying about their differences that are on the table for resolutions, as well as to entertain the many facets or variations of creativity that can be brought to the table for settlement purposes in this process. That's part of the beauty of the mediation process. That settlement agreement can contain language and terminology that the disputants understand versus law terms, a language that a lot of people will not understand. So what I'm saying is that when we come to an amicable resolution, the terminology uh, will be, um, uh, you know, talked about with the mediator. The mediator alone will help them to formulate it, help them to script it so that, you know, this is what you're saying. This is what you want. And it's, you know, and it's a great thing. As I stated earlier, we are going to recap some of the topics of my discussions for my previous show. Like the first show was the future is now mediate, don't litigate. This is a show where I introduced myself. I gave a bit of my life's journey. The second show, I would, I had a guest, Mark Morgan. And this is what we talked about, taking the commotion out of the emotion in mediating. It was a lively discussion as we talked about the varying methods we use in mediations for removing the commotion out of the process. Show number three was about negotiation is a wonderful thing because it is the catalyst for putting the cherry on the top of a mediation process. I talked about the fact that many of you out there may not think you are negotiators, but in actuality, you are negotiators, as I gave examples of negotiating with your children and negotiating when you go to purchase a brand new car. Okay. Then also on the negotiation, we talked about the negotiation, um, the mediation process, how it is expanding. And now that it has, it has expanded into the world of sports. I say that commotion is basically noise that is sometimes deliberately brought into the process of the disputants. Show number four was Sandy Roberts. When we talked about mediating in a world that's filled with turmoil, the differences in um, mediation. She and I discussed that with all of the constant turmoil and commotion going on in our world today, what are some of the tools used as in mediation that has now come into play that we put forward to our clients to come to a, resol- a resolution? My fifth show was with my guest that I had today, Reginald Cedric Campbell, checking your biases at the door when you are mediating. Another great topic Although I know it can be sensitive sometimes, we discuss how we deal with biases that are within ourselves and when they are presented to us as we are dealing with our clients, as we are doing our best to resolve their issues. Now, I, I would like to say, ladies and gentlemen, that um, um, for me, I always look as we're coming to the end of the year, I always look retrospectively at the year. Um, how much, how much I have uh, achieved and, and what it is that I want to do, uh, this year. Um, 
So the thing is, is that we have a lot that we want to do this, uh, the upcoming year. I, I wish you all the best. And I want to leave you with a poem by one of my most favorite poets, Ralph Waldo Emerson. He says, to laugh often and much, to win the respect of intelligent people and the affection of children, to earn the appreciation of honest critics and endure the betrayal of false friends, to appreciate beauty, to find the best in others, to leave the world a bit better, whether by a healthy child, a garden patch, or a redeemed social condition, to know even one life has breathed easier because you have lived. This is to have succeeded. I thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. We are out of time. As I said, I will be returning two weeks from today with some fabulous topics. I wish you Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Thank you.